0: Mac Folklore Radio, read by Derek. A little background for our younger listeners. There was a time when an 80 megabyte hard disk cost about 900 US dollars. This episode refers to Disk Doubler, a utility that allowed you to pack more data onto a disk than you would normally be able to by using very fast routines to compress and decompress files on the fly. It was a huge boon back in the day. Not only was it cheaper than buying an additional hard disk, but it was your only choice on the PowerBook 100 series, as 2.5 inch SCSI drives took a few years to break the 80 megabyte barrier. A little background for our older listeners Disk Doubler was software. This is not about that kind of disk doubler. Macworld Magazine, December 1993. Wise Guy by Guy Kawasaki. Defying Gravity how to succeed by really trying. One thing that makes my blood boil about the Macintosh software market today is that big companies like Claris, Semantic, and Central Point Software are telling the proverbial two guys in a garage that it's too late to start a company. This drives me crazy because it stifles the creative, can-do spirit of Macintosh. I know from recent experience that two people in a garage can still make history. Getting into the Market On October 30, 1989, Terry Morse and a few fellow employees from Mansfield Systems went out to lunch to celebrate his birthday. Unfortunately, he had to pay for his own lunch because that morning the company announced that it would be closing down. Its venture capitalists had grown tired of pouring money into the company. Lesson 1. Never eat out on the day your company goes broke. Morse and fellow employee Lloyd Chambers found themselves unemployed and out of money. Between the two of them, they had $12,000 for Morse's 401k plan and a short stack of Chambers credit cards, so it made perfect Macintosh sense to start a company. Morse and Chambers' first product was Partner, a precursor to the publish-and-subscribe technology that you still never see anyone using. Morrison Chambers shipped version 1.0 of Partner six weeks after Mansfield went under. Lesson 2 Ship something quickly and get into the marketplace. In the past, Chambers had created a freeware product called Mac Compress that compressed and expanded Macintosh files on Unix computers. While completing Partner, he worked on another file compression utility that would become Disk Doubler. Chambers intended to distribute this as a shareware product or to use it as a gift with the purchase of PARTNER. Lesson 3. Let programmers work on whatever they want to. Morrison Chambers started showing off PARTNER and beta versions of Disc Doubler at Computerware, an all-Macintosh software and peripherals store in Palo Alto, California. They noticed that Disc Doubler, not PARTNER, was getting all the oohs and ahs. Luck, or Macworld impresario Mitch Hall's mistake, stepped in. The San Francisco Macworld Expo was in April of that year, not January. Morse Chambers had three extra months to finish Disc Doubler. In four days at the show, Computerware sold 500 copies. By the summer of 1990, Morse Chambers were selling 1,000 copies a month. They knew they needed outside, experienced advice, so they contacted Marty Masner, the former publisher of MacUser and former executive vice president of ComputerWare. Seeking Outside Help. Masner understood the potential of Disc Doubler, but he also knew that if an established company entered the market, Morrison Chambers might be snuffed out. So he arranged to show Disc Doubler to Symantec and asked me to come along. The suit who ran the meeting he subsequently, quote, left Semantic, had worked at Ashton Tate. He had Semantic's clout, and he was going to walk all over Morse and Chambers and bestow upon them the honor of adding Disk Doubler to Semantic Utilities for Macintosh for a pittance in royalties. I wanted to puke. In Semantic's parking lot, Morse told me he needed $25,000 to get a company going, and yours truly promised it to him. Salient Software, incorporated in June 1990, with $50,000 of capital from myself, Marty, and Salient's law firm. Lesson 4. Ask and you shall receive, if you have a great product. With Masner's help, Morrison Chambers bootstrapped disc doubler by trading copies of it for ad space in leading mail order catalogs. Morse Chambers didn't take any salary for four months until Salient's monthly sales were about $50,000. Lesson 5 You don't need millions to start a software company. Cashing out. Salient's sales kept increasing by 10 to 15 percent a month until June 1991 when System 7 shipped, and sales exploded. Disk Doubler had become a successful product in a seemingly infinite number of small upgrades. Lesson 6 Constantly enhance your product. Don't believe the quantum leap upgrade theories. By the end of 1991, Salient was selling $2 million of product a year. In June 1992, Salient had amassed year to date sales of $3.5 million. And Masner worked out a deal to sell Salient to fifth generation systems for a price I cannot disclose. Suffice it to say that Morse and Chambers consider never working another day in their lives to be a viable option. Lesson 7 You can still make a lot of money with Macintosh software. Getting out of the garage. Two guys in a garage can still succeed. It took Morse and Chambers only three years. They weren't intimidated by bozos who work for large companies and who have never started a company, but are willing to tell you why you can't. They created a product that was simple, easy to explain, and did a few things well. If you believe in yourself and work your ass off, you can defy gravity too, and you can take this to the bank. Guy Kawasaki's views are his own and only sporadically represent those of Macworld.